And a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome to another Wine Chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack. Hope you have an umbrella handy. It's going to be a stormy, chilly day. It really is. I took advantage of seeing a forecast quite often in this business, so I grilled last night. <laughs> and that you was just worth put it. Put it in the warming oven tonight. Uh, you, you got it, it indeed. So well, what what can we talk at the about? Weather. I thought I would talk a little bit about Zinfandel. Aha. And my reason for doing this is, you know, today it's so popular for folks to send in their DNA and check their backgrounds out, etc., etc. Well, there's no vine in the world, wine vine anyway, that's had more research done on their DNA than has Zinfandel. Believe me, for many, when I started in the wine business forever ago, uh, Zinfandel was called the American wheat. It was only grown in the United States. No one knew of any wine Zinfandel from anywhere else in the entire world. And prior to prohibition in the United States, Zinfandel was about 70% of the red wines planted in California were Zinfandel because it's a very hardy plant, thick skin, matures early, uh, produces relatively good juice, and uh, is very, very plentiful. It's easy to grow, and it produces lots and lots of fruit. So who wouldn't plant the Zinfandel based on that? And as a matter of fact, today when people in California talk about, oh, I've got some 100-year-old vines or 120-year-old vines, et cetera, et cetera, those vines inevitably turn out to be Zinfandel. Once in a while they're Cabernet, but most of the time they're old Zinfandel vine. And, you know, it is true, while as the vine gets older and its production decreases, the wine actually gets a lot better. It's more intense, etc. So uh, grapes that are harvested from vines that say are over 30, 40 years old, they usually will say on, say, an imported French vine, V.A. Vin, old vines. Uh, it, the wine is usually more intense and a little better than a, you'd expect on a younger vine. Well, anyhow, they found out, they decided to really research Zinfandel. And they found out, you know, it was introduced in California by the father of the California wine industry, Count Zarsky. He's the one that brought cuttings in from all over the world, etc., established the first commercial winery in Sonoma, Buena Vista, uh, and was a real, real pioneer. And he was also a wheeler dealer. He was sheriff of Sonoma County and ran for governor, etc., etc., had a very interesting life. But he's credited as the father of Zinfandel. Well, where did he get that? Well, today they discovered he bought it from the Vienna Nurseries in Long Island, New York. And the Vienna Nurseries had their headquarters, as you might guess, uh, in the Habsburg Empire in Vienna. And the Zinfandel cutting was one of those things. Well, about 15 years ago, they discovered that Zinfandel had similar properties to a wine grown on the heel of the Italian boot. In other words, that uh, southwest corner of Italy, the heel of the boot, if you envision Italy as a boot. Uh, there was a grape called Primitivo, and lo and behold, it looked and acted, and for all intents and purposes, was the same as Zinfandel. 
And then, of course, in the late 90s, when they had DNA tasting, testing, it turned out the Primitivo was exactly the same as Zinfandel. And in 1999, the European Committee on Wines decided that Primitivo and Zinfandel were synonymous. Problem solved, right? Oh, no, no, not so quick. The folks down in Italy, the Primitivo, they said, came from across from Dalmatia, across the sea from the heel of Italy. So they go to Croatia and discover, and lo and behold, the long and the short of this, after much, much going back and forth with DNA, the father of Zinfandel is something called Tribidag, T-R-I-B-R-I-D-R-A-G. And that was discovered by plant breeders at the University of California at Davis, where they brought these cuttings, etc., and discovered what uh, the wine was and where it came from, etc. So nobody has had a more circuitous uh, route to their final uh, origins than has Zinfandel in the wine business. Many people thought it was the Pavlak Mali, which is a wonderful red grape type from Croatia. But yes, while they're similar, it wasn't the father. The father was this tribidrag. Anyhow, hard to pronounce. I'd rather call it Zinfandel. And Zinfandel, you know, produces some wonderful wines. Kind of interesting in California, anyway. Uh, you know, there was a lot of Zinfandel planted. And it was a good wine for all those jug wines uh, in the 60s and that, where you'd get a jug of something called Burgundy, which would be a red jug wine. Or sometimes it was called Claret. Or, you know, sometimes it was just called... Uh, uh, red wine, it had all sorts of names, and you bought it by the gallon and half gallon. Most of that was Zinfandel, and they had a lot of Zinfandel. And then a farmer by the name of Trinchero decided maybe he could sell, because white wines were popular, and he had vineyards, acres and acres of Zinfandel. What if he turned out a product and called it White Zinfandel? And Sutter Home White Zinfandel was born. And what they did there is they made a rosé out of the Zinfandel and elevated the sugar content. So they made a pink wine that was slightly sweet, and boy, did it take off. It went from absolutely zero to millions of cases practically overnight, making the Trinchero family very, very wealthy and establishing Sutter Home Vineyards as a major, major player in the California wine business, all based on Zinfandel and his clever deal to create a white Zinfandel, actually sort of a rosé from Zinfandel, which to this day is extremely popular. It isn't quite as popular as it used to be, but it's very, very popular. And then Zinfandel is produced in other parts of the world. As I said, the European... Uh, Economic Committee has held that you can synonymously uh, call Primitivo and Zinfandel are the same grape. We all know that. So a lot of wine uh, Primitivo is made in Italy and shipped to California as Zinfandel and then sold as Zinfandel. Uh, And that's perfectly legal because they're the same grape. But Zinfandel has never really bloomed anywhere else in the world like it has in this country. And it has millions of followers. There's an organization in uh, California called ZAP, 
uh, it's uh, Zinfandel America producers. That, and you go to their wine tastings, and I've been to many of them. There's nothing tasted there but Zinfandel, and there's hundreds of wineries there producing Zinfandel. And Zinfandel, let me tell you, will produce a wine uh, that's similar to Beaujolais onto a wine that's similar to a Barolo. Some of those big Zins have 18% alcohol. They're almost like port. And incidentally, they even make a port out of Zinfandel. Zinfandel is an unusual varietal. It certainly has had a noble history. And it certainly, I guess, was worth looking into its DNA to go back that far to find out that it was the Croatian tribidrag that became Zinfandel through the efforts of hundreds of people through the last 150, almost 200 years, and to give us the Zinfandels we have today. And what a wonderful range of wines Zinfandels are. But as I said, you have to be careful and know what the producer is and who makes it, because you could have a Zinfandel today that would be your all-time favorite wine, just delicious. Tomorrow, try another Zinfandel and say, oh, that's much too heavy. I don't like it. It's alcohol. Yes, because they all make it in so many different styles. And today you can buy Zinfandel from Australia, from New Zealand, uh, from Chile and Argentina. Uh, they're producing it all over the world to capitalize on the fact that it produces lots of wine on a very economic basis. Well, you know, what is that one? Uh, I'm trying to think of the Vintner. I, I get it at Haskell's and only at Haskell's. What, what is that one wine? We've talked about it. The Zin. Terraces, yes. Now, that's an expensive Zinfandel, you know, because it's over $20 or around $20. Uh, but I'll tell you, Denny, and it's one of the best Zinfandels I've ever had for the pure expression of the grape. At its very, very best, Zinfandel produces spicy, robust, long-lived red wines, and Terraces is one of those. Well, on the lighter side, there's one called Mud Pie, and there's Lake Girl, which is a fun uh, summertime Zinfandel, Lake Girl Zinfandel, Napa Cellars produces a good Zinfandel. They're all great, and you can get all of those wines at Haskell's. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on a gloomy Saturday. Haskell's in Bloomington, Chanhassen, Haskell's in Excelsior. There's a Haskell's in Fairbolt right off of 35. Our super seller up in Maple Grove, Wander the Vineyards of the World at Maple Grove, and Out of the Rain. It's a big, big store. In downtown Minneapolis, we have free parking on Saturday. There's a Haskell's at Minnetonka, Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And don't forget, you can go to Haskell's.com and see our wonderful award-winning website or go to WCCO.com slash wine, and it will take you right to the Haskell's website. And speaking of Haskell's and WCCO, I understand yesterday we've signed up for a tour for next May. Oh, I did. No, see, I did not know that. We were hoping so. It's hot news right off. You heard it here. Are you talking about <laughs> Sonoma? Uh, yes. Oh, fantastic, because I know a lot of our listeners were asking us from time to time about that. Will you? <laughs> There'll be more details to follow. I, nothing has been hammered out uh, other than it'll be sometime about this time of year, mid-May. Fantastic. Uh, next year in 18. Well, you scooped everybody. There we go. <laughs> exactly. Good deal. <laughs> well, thanks for letting us know. Something more to look forward to. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk again more next week, shall we? You know, Denny, I'm going to look forward to All that. Right. Thanks very much, Jack. Jack Farrell from Haskell's will be back with another wine show. Yeah, what Jack was referring to is for, we didn't do it this year, but uh, for a, a couple of years in a row, we did a uh, wine tour 
and it's only four days, so it's it's maybe four and a half. It's really an easy getaway. But I tell you what, what great people. Uh, Napa, they say, and I haven't been to Napa. They said it's really busy there. But Sonoma is so laid back, and those winemakers are some of the friendliest folks. They're folks of the earth, right? And uh, we'll let you know more. As I said, this is the first time I've heard about that, that we were going to do that next year. We were hoping. And we'll let you know further details. It'll be a good neighbor tour to Sonoma. And as I said, we in the past have left on a Wednesday, come home on a Sunday. It's a trip that just folks love and return again and again. A lot of return customers. We'll let you know about that.